I want to call your attention to two words in verse 25. The first is pleasures. Uh, We're told that Moses chose to suffer affliction rather than the pleasures of sin. And I think some of us are reticent to admit that sin is pleasurable. We know we're supposed to have a righteous hatred of sin as Christians. And so if we admit that sin is able to provide us with pleasures, then aren't we contradicting ourselves? Uh, Or are we displaying some kind of weakness? If I say that I find pleasure in a certain sin, are, we, uh, are other Christians going to look at me funny and think that I'm some kind of a weirdo? Not if we're being honest with each other. If we're being, you know, if, if it's all about pretense, if we're being fake with each other, if we're trying to make ourselves look different than what we really are, then yes, it's going, you know, we're going to pretend that uh, we don't experience any pleasure from the sins that we fall into. We're going to try to put on a, a cloak of piety. That doesn't give me any pleasure. But if we're being honest with each other, we're going to admit what verse 25 so clearly states, which is there's pleasure in sin. And this is uh, if, if it were not the case, if, if there were no pleasure in sin, then the temptations to sin would not be so strong. In the, the parable of the prodigal son, the young man took his inheritance and squandered it in sinful living. Now, in, that was a parable, but in real-life situations where this actually occurs, I imagine those young men experience a lot of pleasure while sinfully squandering their inheritance. So, dear friends, we don't have to pretend that lusting in our hearts doesn't provide some form of pleasure, because it does. We don't have to pretend that drunkenness doesn't provide some form of pleasure, because it does. We don't have to pretend that fornication and adultery do not provide pleasure. We don't have to pretend that gossip is not pleasurable, or that slander is not pleasurable, or that being a busybody doesn't provide some form of pleasure. Pride provides the pleasure of being puffed up. Self-righteousness provides the pleasure of moral superiority. Lying and deceit provide the pleasure of escaping the consequences. Outbursts of anger provide the pleasure of controlling people, even harming people. Laziness provides the pleasure of idleness. Man-pleasing provides the pleasure of acceptance and approval. Unforgiveness provides the pleasure of holding a grudge. Flattery provides the pleasure of manipulation. Greed provides the pleasure of accumulating more. There is pleasure in sin, brothers and sisters. Let's not deceive ourselves on this point. There is pleasure in sin. And if it were not so, as I already said, then we would have little trouble resisting the temptations to sin. The second word in verse 25 that I want to call your attention to is passing. Uh, This is an adjective. An adjective modifies or describes a noun. In verse 25, uh, this adjective is describing the characteristics and attributes of the noun pleasures, the first word we looked at. 
Now, what is this adjective telling us about the, the pleasures of sin? That they're fleeting. That they're momentary. That they're brief. That they're short-lived. They're temporary. In our times of temptation, brothers and sisters, we would do well to remember this adjective. Whatever pleasure you're going to gain from sin is going to be fleeting. Uh, What will persist beyond that momentary pleasure, however, are the destructive consequences of the sin. Sin hurts people. Sin hurts people emotionally, physically, and spiritually. It ruins relationships. It breaks apart families. It causes division in churches. It damages people's reputations. It separates people from God. It stings like an arrow that pierces into the liver. It drags a sinner down to the chambers of death. It brings ruin, destruction, and heartache to oneself, as well as to those who are closest to us, to those who do not agree to the sin, to those who do not welcome that sin and its negative consequences into their life, and who do not even have the joy of experiencing even a fleeting pleasure in their participation of that sin. All they experienced is the harmful aftermath of the sin. Brothers and sisters, your adversary, who intends your destruction, by the way, in times of temptation, will present only the pleasures of sin to you. He doesn't remind you that these pleasures are fleeting, nor does he remind you of the painful consequences that will persist long after the pleasures have vanished. Consequences to yourself, consequences to your loved ones. And your adversary is not going to remind you that sin is an affront to God, that the justice and righteousness of God requires him to punish every sin. At least, your adversary is not going to remind you of these things before you sin. He will remind you of these things after you have sinned. He'll remind you how weak you are. He'll remind you what a failure you are. He'll remind you how unworthy you are to be accepted by God. But the one thing your adversary will never remind you of is the redemptive grace that is yours in Jesus Christ. How Jesus came to save sinners from their sin how his blood has made an atonement for sin, how his righteousness has opened up the gates of heaven to you, and how our contrite confession of sins demonstrates that God has been faithful and just in cleansing us from all unrighteousness. That, brothers and sisters, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and your adversary does not want to remind you of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, he'll remind you of your sin. He'll remind you of your unworthiness but he will not remind you of the grace that is yours in Jesus Christ. And so brothers and sisters, if you have received that grace or if you want to receive that grace, if if you desire to walk in that grace, I should say, then the appropriate response to our own sin is to acknowledge it humbly through confession and then to forsake it through the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's acknowledge our sin right now. Let's go to to our God, 
uh, in a time of private prayer confession. And during this time of silence, I encourage you to, to pray to the Lord, asking and seeking forgiveness for any of the sins that he has burdened your heart with.